thank you for tuning in to the Coaching York podcast. To find out more about who we are, what we do and how we do it, please go to coachingyork.co.uk. That's coachingyork.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to the Coaching York podcast with me, Jeff Ashton. And with me, Jeremy Lewis. And before we get into anything else today, Jez, uh, really appreciate your support for the podcast. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And for our listeners tuning in, thank you for tuning in. And here's a thought. I wonder what our listeners said to themselves when you thank them for tuning in. If we think about it for a moment, we all have a standard response to people when they say thank you to us. What we want to do today is to think about what that response is, where it might have come from, and our responses to thank you and how they might have changed over the years. So is there something more to our response than just a polite social convention? So, James, when you said to me, you're welcome, what were you trying to convey? Wow, I did say you're welcome. And... I think when you said, is it just a social convention? I suspect it is. When I was younger, I always felt a bit embarrassed when someone said thank you. So I guess I was looking for a way to acknowledge the thanks without being over effusive. If I take this step back and analyze what I actually said with, you're welcome, I would probably say it's a social convention to avoid feeling shame. Wow. And, and was that your, your normal response when you were younger? You're welcome. No, I don't think it was. I think I would sit in silence and probably either go red or certainly feel a little embarrassed. Someone's thanking me. You know, there's a, there's a bit of putting ourselves down, isn't there? I'm not worthy going on, probably, as a child for me. And I think that learning some, some responses for me came from traveling in the USA when I was in my 20s, I guess. Um, there's a, a sort of social politeness in America and while I think it could be regarded as insincere, I actually quite like it. I find it quite pleasant when people say, have a nice day, um, you're welcome, those sorts of things. I recall a, a trip to Canada, actually, into North America, but in Canada in a very nice hotel in, in, in Banff. And the waiting staff would always say, pardon my reach if they had to reach across you. I just, I loved it. And I've adopted that. You know, I think, I think I've sort of adopted these these social conventions they've just rubbed off on me as a as a nice polite way of being um, what about you Jeff how do you respond to thank you yeah typically I think today typically I'd say something like it's a pleasure or if I'm talking to someone I'm in regular touch with more likely to say pleasure as always and you said that's what you'd say today does that mean you used to say something else yeah, I did. I mean, I'm not quite going back to my childhood, but um, I think when I was younger, I would say stuff like, oh, don't mention it. Thank you, don't mention it. And I think there was a moment, actually, when I did start to think about what I was conveying when I said to people, don't mention it. And I came to the conclusion I was probably devaluing both what someone was saying to me and devaluing myself to some extent, I guess. If somebody, if I say don't mention it, it sort of implies, well, what I did, was it worth doing? Well, somebody else thought it was worth doing. So why am I again saying that? Why am I saying otherwise? And I think, you know, thinking back to the um, early years of my, my working life, I did, I lacked a huge amount of confidence. I, I could, I could hide some of it, um, but I really didn't value myself. I didn't value what I offered to people. And as a wise man once said, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I suppose this response, don't mention it, was really 
it was more than a socialized response. I was saying something about how I saw myself uh, and other, uh, you know, other people could have recognized that. Anyway, so that's a little bit about us and our histories. Um, but building on that, Jez, what other responses have you heard to thank you and what might they be conveying? I guess people respond in kind. You know, you say thank you, no thank you, which again is perhaps another way of acknowledging and recognising some sort of mutual regard. So I guess that's okay with me too, although I could imagine it degenerating into a round of platitudes with no end, you know, I thank you, no thank you. No, I think you'll find it is I who is the one who should must give thanks to you. And, it, you know, and on it goes forever. Anyway, that's just an idea. Uh, if uh, your, your words, your it's a pleasure is your standard response, do you have a non-standard response? A non-standard response, which is a bit more context-specific, yes, would be it's a privilege. And this is a response I often use when people thank me at the end of a coaching contract. And this came from thinking about the message, the authentic message, really, that I wanted to leave people at the end of a coaching contract or a relationship. And whilst you know, there's a business side to what I do, obviously, it's how I make a living, I, I really do see what I do as a privilege. And when people invest in me high levels of trust, openness, honesty, and there's, I mean, people say things to you like, there isn't anybody else I can say this to, or I've never said this to anybody else. And you sit there and you think, wow, it's such a privilege to be to be given this level of, of trust by somebody. So yes, at the end, uh, at the end of that, it is a privilege. And I want people to know that, you know, in coaching, we we do see this as a lot more than just a kind of a, a formal transaction. I think I, I'm, I want to say thank you for sharing that because I think it is a privilege and you've you brought that into my mind there. And I suspect I, I, I do say that. And I think when it comes out authentically, you know, these are great words to use. So I think these are, so thank you for sharing that. I think when it, I'm just thinking about how I sign off a coaching contract. I think I say how much I've enjoyed working with people. I reflect on the work we've done. I thank them again. I might say things like, it's a privilege. I'm sure I have done. Um, but I always remind them to let me know how they get on as well. I always want to keep the door open <laughs> to go back. So for me, it's as much of a thank you, a recognition where we're at, but also, um, you know, a, let, a, a kind of let's keep talking. And I know you wanted to tell us about uh, another one of these uh, responses, um, uh, Jeff, the Robert, Robert Saldini, is it? I, th I think it is Cialdini. I did actually look him up to see how somebody pronounced his name. So I think that's probably right. And in some ways, actually, Jez, this builds on what you just said at the end there. So when, when you ask people to tell you how they get on, you say you keep the door open. It creates an opportunity for the value in the relationship to, to carry on. So the Robert Cialdini response takes things a little bit further. And he talks about a response to when you might have done something more than the other person had expected you know they go the extra mile they're unusually generous whatever whatever uh so robert chargini professor emeritus at the arizona state university and he said that the best response to someone who says thank you is to reply with you'd do the same for me now professor chaldini uses this response to illustrate what he calls the reciprocity principle and he gives an example so here's a little bit of world history so we're in October the 3rd, 1935, and without any declaration of war, Mussolini's Italy invaded Ethiopia from Startline to Eritrea, 
and Italian Somalia. And the first country to offer diplomatic support to the embattled Ethiopians was Mexico. So let's wind the clock forward 50 years. It's 7.18 in the morning on September the 19th, 1985, and the residents of Mexico City are woken up by an earthquake registering 8.1 on the Richter scale. It's one of the strongest ever to hit the area. So you've got hotels crumbling around, hundreds of students trapped, so the college collapses, factories falling apart, gas mains breaking. I mean, you can imagine the scenes, explosions, fires all over the city, thousands of buildings demolished, hundreds of thousands damaged, 10,000 people died, huge number, thousands left homeless. Now, in that same year, 1985, Ethiopia was the most impoverished nation in the world, itself suffering from national famine and civil war. But despite this, Ethiopia sent thousands of dollars of humanitarian aid to Mexico. Why? Because this was their opportunity to reciprocate the support they'd received from Mexico in 1935. Remarkable story. So Professor Cialdini's points point is that people are naturally inclined to the principle of reciprocity do something for me i will be inclined to do something in return at the time you help me i may not be in a position to reciprocate but if in response to my heartfelt thanks you say you do the same for me you're signaling to me that you're open to the possibility of reciprocating sometime in the future so that was his theory what, what did you make of that it is a remarkable story, especially with that time gap, um, that kind of con that that collective or national consciousness to play to, to to play it back. I guess as you were as you were talking, I think there's something about motivation. So I think there's a risk in this approach that there's there's one of two messages that could be being sent. It could be that. I'm in the position to help you out. And if circumstances have been different, you had the power to help me, you'd be doing this for me, which is exactly how you've described it. But what if there's a little bit of either deliberate or an intentional manipulation going on? And the message received is you're now in my debt. And at some point I'll be expecting you to find a way to pay it back. You know, I, I've just watched The Godfather with my son for the first time. That kind of, you know, yeah, I'll do a favor for you, but, you know, you're now mine. Uh, so there's a kind of risk of that is is how I sense it. If it, if it comes across as not genuine or if the, the, there's a risk of that, what do you think? I mean, well, I, mean I guess it's a concern. I guess it's a concern rather than uh, rather than a definite issue. Yeah. So it's so it's interesting. So the the story itself is very powerful. And I I heard uh, Professor Chaldean describe this as he was giving a talk about marketing. Which is interesting. <laughs> so uh, so what do you think? Would you use this in your marketing strategy? That, that, you know, that's a really topical point for me. I uh, attended a, uh, a CPD event recently about ethical marketing, um, and we talked about the risk of psychological manipulation. So, you know, use it judiciously I, it, it is what I would say. Certainly what I covered on that event, this is for another podcast probably at some point, but there's something around being really careful about your authentic, delivering who you are authentically in your marketing messages. Because, and I'll give you a little tip, a little hint here, um, people don't aren't buying you, they're buying the image of you that you have projected. So be careful what you project out into the world was one of the key takeaways. Uh, it's interesting anyway. Yeah, bonus thought today, Jess, thanks for that. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got, I've got a variation on Professor Cialdini's You Do the Same for Me. So this will come about in situations where maybe I've provided something for somebody 
bit over the odds. So I might provide coaching where somebody can't pay me for it or they can't pay for the value of what they've got. So in that situation, when they say, thank you, appreciate it, I'll usually say something like, well, pass on the generosity to someone else. Sometime in the future, you'll get the chance. And I suppose that's changing the value from reciprocity, you can do something about to me, to, well, here's, you've received, if you like, a deposit of generosity. Well, make sure somebody else gets that when you get the chance. You might not get the chance to pass that back to me, but if you pass it on to somebody else, do, do that when the opportunity arises. Yeah, nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Generative business practices um, or the simple phrase, pay it forward. Pay it forward. Don't but don't thank me. Pay it forward. I think that's uh, I think that's a lovely uh, a lovely way to end this chat. Actually, Jeff, it's probably time to sign off. Who'd have thought there was so much in those little words? Thank you. And as ever, Jez, a pleasure. You're welcome.